Hello, and welcome to Cardec Radio Facebook page. We are talking to you on Sunday evening, uh, Eastern Time, and of course we are here every Sunday. Please join us on the Cardec Radio Facebook page. We're also live uh, voice on our Cardec Radio uh, site, which is you can, you can download on your Android or your Apple phone. Just look up Cardec, K-A-R-D-E-C. I have the picture right next to me if you're looking at the Facebook site. Put in Cardec Radio and you will get a free app. It has Spiritist programs 24 hours a day. And I want to remind everybody again, if you have Netflix, please see the movie Kardec. Uh, it's a wonderful movie. It's just marvelous. And today we are going to talk about Kardec's wonderful book. Of course, his first book was the Spirits book. That was the 1019 questions he asked spirits. Well, he actually had mediums throughout Europe and ge different geographical areas, different mediums, and he only used the answers if they were the same or very similar. But today we're talking about a different book, and that is The Gospel According to Spiritism. Let me bring that up because I, to me, that was after the Spirits book, that was the second book I read. He actually, that was the third book he wrote, but I read the Spirits book, then The Gospel According to Spiritism. And it explained so many things about the New Testament that I, you know, that the parables and the different, you know, you know, allusions to different things that I finally understood. It really talked to me personally. I felt it's, it, it explained what was meant in the New Testament. And that's what we're going to go through tonight. We're going to go through a very interesting section. And that is, in my father's house, there are many mansions. Now, you know, I didn't, when I was growing up, you know, and I looked at the New Testament, I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. So let me read it for you. This is John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3. Let your heart, not, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Now, a lot of people interpret that I will come again, meaning he'll come to earth. But really, what Spiritism tells us about Jesus is he is the governor of our planet. He is the leader of our planet and other planets besides he guides us. He guides each one of us. He has this huge ministry, uh, an army of spirits that help us through our lives, that plan our future lives, that teach us the lessons we need to be taught in order to, to take away the primitive emotions and pay for the wrongful deeds we've done in past lives. So this is what Alan Kardec says about this chapter. The house of the Father is the universe. And and I'll go back and forth of what Alan Kardec says, and, and I give it more context as far as what I know so far. And the universe is the physical and the spirit universe, and there's different dimensions with each one, and there are different universes. What's beyond the spirit universe? Even spirits aren't sure, because there's more and more levels that, that, that even they, even the high spirits, spirits that we consider angels, do not know. I'll go on with Alan Kardec. The different mansions are the worlds which circulate in infinite space and offer the spirits who incarnate on them dwelling places which correspond their progress. Independently from the diversity of the different worlds, the words of Jesus also refer to the fortunate or wretched states of the soul in the spirit world, conforming to whether the soul is more or less purified and detached from material lies. The ambient in which itself which it finds itself will vary infinitely in the aspect of the things, in the sensation it feels, and in the perceptions it has. While some cannot leave the ambient where they live, others raise themselves and travel all over space and all over worlds. While some guilty spirits wander in darkness, there are others who have earned happiness, and these rejoice in a stale of shining brightness while they contemplate the sublime spectacle of the great infinity. Finally, while inferior spirits are tormented by remorse and grief, 
frequently isolated without consolation, separated from those who were the object of their affections, and punished by the iron gauntlet of moral suffering. The just spirit, together with those he loves, enjoys the delights of an indescribable happiness. Also, in that sense, there are many mansions, although they are not circumspect or localized. So let's talk about this for a second. So what we are told is there, there, there are just so many aspects. When Jesus said there are many mansions, there's so many places. So let's take it. First, you can look at it in saying there is heaven, and then there's, there is the umbral or lower zone, and then there's a dark abyss. Now, the lower zone are where inferior spirits go who aren't ready yet for heaven. They may be materialistic. They may be uh, drawn somehow just to their house or, or other spirits that are still alive, but they're not ready to let go and get away from the earth. They may just be too morally inferior. Then there's the dark abyss, where these people are usually some sort of criminal. They, they have done bad things, and then they, they are sentenced to wander amongst those who are like them. The law of affinity places us all after death with others who are like us. The same goes with the lower zone and the dark abyss. Now, there is no, there is no hell. There is no inf- torment for infinity. These places, while not nice, are you know horrible places to be, but they are only there while you are still want to be there. In essence, until you change your outlook and your character and you understand that, oh, I'm with people who are just like me. This isn't a very good idea. You will stay there. If you're still there and you're taking advantage of people and you are being mean to other people, well, that's where you'll be. So that's one aspect. Then we talk to heaven. Now, heaven, according to spiritism, isn't just one place. It wasn't just one place where everyone gathers. There are there are levels upon levels of heaven. In the books by the Reverend G. Val Owen, many spirits talk to him, and I talk about this in my book, Heaven and Below. It's the first book of a series of three, all about heaven. Is The spirits told him there are ten levels of heaven. Now, not all the spirits will say there are ten levels. What they have is they're just saying they're using that numbering system because it's easy for them to put things in perspective. Other people may have different numbering systems. But the important thing to remember are there are different levels of heaven. Now, how do you go from one level to another? Well, again, that is the law of affinity. How do you progress to be, you know, with these other spirits? Well, again, in what Reverend G. Owen has told us, there are colleges and schools in all the different levels of heaven. And you go to these schools, and finally you go maybe go to a small colony. You go into a larger, larger city within heaven. There are cities and colonies in heaven. And you, if you want, no one forces you. This is your free will is totally respected. Then you can graduate. Then if you've improved yourself intellectually and morally, right? You you start to love everyone, no matter you know if they're different culture, race, or whatever. You start to understand that you have to you have to rise and and improve all aspects of your character and personality. And then what the spirits tell us, who've talked to Reverend G. Val Owen, is after the ten sphere, then there's a whole new the ten, the ten spheres are like if you look at them like a you know layer of a tree rings or an onion, concentric circles around the earth. There are different levels on different planets where different spirits live. But once you get above the 10th level, that is the creative level is what they say. And that's where you actually are using your powers, your immense powers where thought is action as a spirit. So we've talked about already there's there's many rooms in, in the mansions, right? There's just everything. But then Alan Kardec starts talking about the different categories of inhabited worlds. Now, before I go into that, spiritism tells us that the earth is a planet of atonement and that it used to be a primitive planet. And then as we, as we as individual spirits and we come into our physical body, when we reincarnate, we go to these worlds that best fit what can help us improve. And so everyone listening to me here on Facebook live or 
on YouTube or in BitChute or my channel. We are here on this planet, a planet Earth, a planet of atonement, because we have things we've done wrong in past lives. And we are given, we are given, you know, trial and episodes for us to learn not to do what we've done before. And of course, some of our trials are just broadening our experience. So let's go on to what Alan Kardec says, the different categories of inhabited worlds, is what he says. As a result of spirit teaching, we know that the conditions of the various worlds, okay, this is the conditions of worlds that we shall incarnate into for us to learn, differ from one from the other with respect to the degree of elevation or inferiority of their inhabitants amongst whom are those inferior to the inhabitants of earth, both physically and merrily, some in the same category, yet others which are more or less superior in every aspect. In the inferior worlds, existence is all material. Passions are sovereign and morality is almost nil. At the same time as the soul's progressing, the material influences diminish to such an extent that in the elevated worlds, life is, by the way of saying, all spiritual. In the intermediate worlds, good is mixed with evil, where we are now, one or the other predominating according to the degree of advancement of the majority of the inhabitants. Although it is not possible to make an absolute classification of the different worlds, we can at least divide them in general terms by virtue of the state in which they are in and the destiny they bring with them, based on the most predominant features upon each planet in the following manner. Before I talk about these different worlds, remember, these aren't all of a sudden you go from a primitive world to a world of atonement and then to a regenerative world. There are, there are, just like levels of heaven, there are, there's multiple levels everywhere, right? There's, you know, the primitive world could be the end of a primitive world and starting to be a world of atonement. Here, what Spiritism tells us, we are in a world of atonement and we are just now going to start beginning to be a regenerative world. Does that mean everything's going to be happy and everyone's perfect? No, we still don't have a majority of people who are mature, good souls. Now, let's go through what Alan Kardec told us. Primitive worlds, destined to receive the initial incarnations of the human soul. Then there's the worlds of test and atonement, where we are now, where evil predominates. That's us. When we think why there's so many terrible things happening, because so many people have so many things to pay for, including all of us. Now, what we are going into as we get more and more people who are mature spirits is the regenerating worlds, where souls who still have to atone a bit may absorb new strength by resting from the fatigue of fighting. And then there's blessed. Blessed worlds which where goodness outweighs evil, and then there's celestial or divine worlds, happy worlds, and inhabited by purified spirits, where only goodness exists. Now, earth belongs to the category of the world of a uh, world of atonement, which is why mankind, this is quoting from Alan Kardec, lives encompassed by such misery. Spirits who find themselves incarnated in any world are not bound to that same world indefinitely, nor do they go through all the phases of progress needed to achieve progression in that one world. Okay, so let me stop there. What does he mean? That means we could be on a primitive, we, we could start as a primitive soul in the primitive earth, right? 10,000 years ago, you know, and living in this brutal existence. And then, you know, people think, okay, then we incarnate over and over again. And we come to the earth and we're on a world of atonement and we go through different areas and we finally, you know, we perfect ourselves, become a little bit better and so on. That what he's trying to say is you may be on a primitive world and then you may sit, go to a different primitive planet in order for you them to, to learn a, whatever you're supposed to learn. They, they, they take the students to the best teacher they can find. And then we may be on a world of atonement in some other planet, and then we come to the earth. There may be people, souls here, or on a world of regeneration, where we are not at, and then they come to the planet earth because they were not really fit for that world. And in fact, Spiritism tells us many people who become alcoholics or dependent on things, 
they may come from an advanced planet and they come here and they're just too, they're, they're just too shocked by the misery and the chaos that happens on earth. Many of these people are, you know, they're not ready for the, for the primitiveness and the hardness of life here on earth. So let me go on. When they reach the maximum degree of advancement the world has to offer, they then pass on to a more elevated one, and so on successively till they reach the state of purified spirits. These different worlds are stations where the spirits find the elements they need for their progress that are in accordance to the degree of perfection. It is a recompense to ascend to a world of higher elevation, just as it is a punishment to prolong their stay in a miserable world are to be relegated to another even more unhappy than the one they were forced to leave due to persisting badness. Now he goes on and goes, why is Earth so miserable? People ask me that all the time. Well, let's see what Alan Kardec says about that. Many are surprised that on Earth there's so much badness, so many crude passions, so many miseries in every kind of sickness. From this, they conclude, the human species is a very miserable one. This judgment comes from the very narrow point of view of those who emit it, which gives a false idea of the whole. We must consider, however, that in actual fact, the entirety of humanity is not all on earth, but only a small fraction of the total. In effect, the human species covers all those endowed with reason who inhabit the innumerable orbs of the universe, what then is the mere population of the earth when compared with the total population of all the worlds? Much less than that of a very small village when compared to a great empire. Now let's talk about that. So, Spiritism tells us that there are other souls and other earths, earth-like planets. And they could be pretty different. And Spiritism tells us that, that for instance, most people are and other planets are human like but not exact copies of us they all have their own little thing that helps them adapt to the to the environment of each individual planet and some could be quite different and also interesting thing i talk about this in my book heaven and below when i when i have this whole section on jesus christ is that since jesus is in charge of other planets it seems that each planet has its own Christ event, and that when Jesus went to these other planets, he came into the into the form of the humans, humanoid like of people on each planet. As if he was like he came to us, that would be strange to them. So he came into their form. What Jesus was originally, what he looked like originally, I have no idea, and I've not heard anyone talk about it. So just think of that. Jesus is a very high spirit who's lived, oh, billions of years. And he was in actual fact like us at some point way back in the past. So all of us can become like that if that is our chosen path of advancement. Now, let's talk about spirits just around earth. Because this is, there's so many different layers about this. What spiritism is so exciting. It tells you so many things. That's why you have to really study and understand. Because understanding, the more you understand spiritism, the more you can understand your, your place. Why do you want to be interested in spiritism? Why, why is it good to be good? I mean, that's a, you know, we should say, well, we should be good, but that's a very fair question. Why is it in my benefit to be the best that I can be? Spiritism answers that. So, but let's talk about spirits. Let's talk about just the spirits on earth. Now, we all know that spiritism believe there are spirits in the lower zone, in the dark abyss, and there are spirits in heaven. So, the number of good spirits currently in the spirit room around the earth, which I heard in a YouTube video in Portuguese by Dr. Serino Calestino da Silva, that they're currently about one-third of the discarnate spirits, spirits who have, do not have a body around the influence of earth, are classified as good souls. So, one-third of the, of, the, of the total number of spirits on top, on the surface, below, incarnate and discarnate, are ones that are probably in heaven. 
Now, in another YouTube video by Haroldo Dutra-Diaz, says that there are approximately 22 billion spirits all around us. So, out of the 22 billion, there are about a third of the discarnated who are probably in heaven. Now, the current population is 7.167 billion. So, therefore, there are about two discarnates to every one of us physically on earth. So the number, the number of good spirits currently in the spirit realm around Earth would be 22 billion minus 7.167 times 33%. So there are 4.89 billion approximately, I could be off by hundreds of million, good spirits not in physical form on Earth. So think about that. There's almost 5 billion people in, let's say, in heaven around the Earth. And that leaves, you know, 22 minus 5, it leaves about 17 billion others. And of the 17, 7 are incarnate. And, and the other, right, are on the lower zone or the dark abyss. So about 10 billion. That is a lot of spirits. Now, to bring in more complexity, it has been reported that Chico Xavier said that among the living, 7.167 billion, about a third would remain on a planet of regeneration. So, the, so therefore, there would be about a third of the 7 billion we could, could go to heaven. So about 2.35 billion would be people who are out of the 7 billion. About 2.3 are probably very good souls that could that could rise up and be in heaven. So therefore, if we take the number of good incarnates, 4.89 billion, and the estimated number of good souls physically on earth, 2.3 billion, we get a total of 7.24 7 billion advanced spirits who are a beneficial force for humankind. Or as a percentage, about 33% are getting ready for the next planetary stage. Now, of course, all of this is, you know, it's just kind of fun to contemplate and don't trust my numbers or my conclusion, but this is just my, you know, my thinking. And I wanted to go, uh, you know, explain this to you. And I just had someone say, yes, most people on earth, on and around and underneath are not in physical form. Most, most people are in, are discarnate. So why is all this interesting? Why did I go through all these numbers? Well, okay, because we are told in the in the book Genesis, and also at the end of the book, I believe, uh, in the spirit book, he said that as we go climb towards the over 50%, 50% and over of people who are good on earth, this will tell us when we are really ready to become a regenerative planet, to go from a planet of atonement to a planet of regeneration. So, we may not be that far from it. In fact, it's probably, it's not probably a sloping line as people get better, as most things are in real life. It's probably a line that kind of starts hockey sticking up, that once more and more people get better, more people want to be like them, as they said in the Spirits book, and people will change their attitude. Now, this is what Alan Kardec in the book Genesis explains the implication of this final judgment. Since the good must finally reign on the earth, it will be necessary to exclude spirits who are hardened and evil and who could bring trouble to it. God has already allowed them the time for needed for their improvement. But when the time comes in which, through the moral progress of its inhabitants, the earth must ascend in the hierarchy of worlds, it will be off limits as a home for incarnates and discarnates who have not taken advantage of the teachings they have been in a position to receive there. They will be exiled to lower worlds as formerly those of the Adamic races were exiled to the earth, for they will be replaced by better spirits. So, what we are told, for the good to reign, they must be a large enough number to make an influence. Now, a hint as when the ending will take place is described in the Spirit's book. The last question, 10 uh, 1019. And the question is, will the reign of goodness ever be established upon the earth? And the answer is this. 
Good will reign upon the earth when, among the spirits who come to dwell in it, the good shall be more numerous than the bad. Hence, okay, let me stop there. Hence all my numbers, right? There's 33%. Another 17%. We're going to really start getting on, onto the right track. For then, I'll read, quote, for then they will bring in the reign of love and justice, which are the source of good and happiness. It is through the moral progress and practical conformity with the laws of God that men will attract to the earth good spirits who will keep bad ones, bad ones away from it. But the latter will not definitely quit the earth until its people shall be completely purified from pride and selfishness. So question 10, 1019. 2019, the last question in the Spirit's book says that when the good will be more numerous than the bad, therefore the decision day for when the spirits who still have lessons to learn will come when the tip, scales tip in the more mature spirits' favor. In conclusion, we shall know when the end of the atonement phase is near and the next phase, the regenerative phase, will begin when the number of goods slightly outweigh the bad. Now, how long that will take, I have no idea. But somewhere we should take note, as we are told by various mediums, what the ratio is. Then, over time, we can interpolate the approximate date. Now, many spiritists say, no, we've already started. We've already started, starting around the year 2000, that march to a regenerative planet. And it will get, it will get pretty definite around uh, 2050. Now, does that mean we will be a regenerative planet? I don't know. To me, I believe that means is that there's there's no there's no you know it's always there's never black and white here, right? There's there's errors of grace. So I think that means that we really will start that hockey stick phase of becoming more and more a wonderful planet. Now think about what happens. So let me step back for a second. Right now we're on the planet of atonement. We are surrounded by spirits, good and bad, indifferent, frivolous and ones with bad intent. When we're a planet of regeneration, all those spirits who are not mature, who mean us harm, are gone. You won't have that bad inspiration. It won't be like the cartoon with the angel on one side and the devil on the other. You'll just have the angel. You'll just, and people will be more communicative and commune more with the spirit world. So that's why I went through all that. I thought this is this is what's so interesting about spiritism. It just tells you so much. And there is so much information coming. So this is why it's important. I know people love the Bible, the New and the Old and the New Testament. But Spiritism says that we are always being given information and that the spirits give us this information according to the technology and cultural level we, of where we are. That's why in the Old Testament and even the New Testament, there are things that uh, I don't know about that. There, there's some cruelty in there, right? There's not the love for everyone as we think there should be. Well, there's a good reason for that. That's because if they went too much like we are today, no one would, no one would have read it. No one would have believed it and, and it would have been too much. It's like trying to give a first grader calculus. No, you give the first grader, you teach them one plus one, right? second grade or whatever you you give them a step at a time and that's what we are done with spiritism we're given a step at a time so let me go on with what alan kardec would say so when he talks about the earth and he makes a good point here he goes you know, when people say oh i get i can't tell you how many people give me comments and emails saying we're a horrible place right we're you know we're terrible things have never gotten better. Well, let's see what Alan Kardec says about that. Now, then I'll tell you what I say about that. It would be a great mistake to judge all the inhabitants of a city by those who inhabit the lowest and most, most sordid places. In a hospital, we see none but the sick and mutilated. In a, in a prison, we see, we find gathered all together all kinds of vileness, baseness, and many vices. In unhealthy regions, the inhabitants are for the most part pale, puny, and sickly. Well, then, the picture... Picture the earth as a combination of a suburb, a hospital, and an unhealthy place. Because it is all of these put together, then it can be understood why afflictions outweigh pleasures. For we do not send those who are healthy to hospital, nor do we throw those who have practiced no wrong to houses of correction. 
neither can hospitals and houses of correction be places of delight. So in the same way that the total population of a city is not to be found in hospitals and in prisons, we do not find the total population of humanity here on earth. Just as the sick leave hospital when they are cured, and those who have served their time, their term leave prison, when man is cured of all his moral infirmities, he will also leave the earth environment to go to happier worlds. Or, the earth will become a better world. So those, those is, and then he goes on to say, in qualifying inferior and superior worlds, there is nothing absolute. A world is a is relatively inferior, superior, only in relation to those other worlds which may be above or below it on the scale of progression. So, of course, this, you know, that's what I'm saying. There's no all of a sudden there's a switch turned and, oh, we're a planet of regeneration now. It's, it's a, you know, it's a degree, right? And it has the, the, as spirits who refuse to learn, refuse to become better, they'll be sent to other worlds. And that percentage of population of that whole 22 billion and our ratio of 33 good spirits, right? will go higher and higher. So it'll be two things will happen. People will become by having multiple lives and going through the trials and tribulations we go through, right? This is why we're here on earth. It's not easy. As the spirits say, suffering is, you know, the great teacher. A lot of times they'll say pain is a great teacher. I've had both. People will become improved. That 33% will go up. Also, we have people on the opposite end of the spectrum. They will say, oh, they're just not learning here. I think we'll send them somewhere else. That 67%, some will bleed into the good category, and some will just be taken away. This is what, and this is, so think of, think of this, that's just and this this concept goes to how how Jesus and the spirit world guides the whole earth, guides our culture, guides our destiny, guides the destiny of nations and races, all sorts of things. Think of this as a huge chessboard with taking people on and off. But the chess the chess piece is never destroyed. It's always just put somewhere else. And if you let's say you want a nation to become better, you say, okay, we're gonna flood that nation with great artists and great people, just like they did with the, the Renaissance. They just said, okay, some of the, the best artists that were in Athens, you know, they will be in now in, in you know, in Italy, right? Rome, Genoa, you know, wherever. Florence, they will go there and this will, we will create, we'll get the, we'll get Europe out of the dark ages and bring light to it. You know, maybe when, when they decide, okay, we want the, the Chinese civilization to advance. So we will put, we will put, you know, Confucius there. We'll put these other people there. This will make them higher. This, this is, this is why, this is why you cannot stop progress because it's just, it's just the, the law of numbers is so great. They will put whatever they have into certain circumstances. To make society move forward. Now, many of those people come to Earth. They don't do very well on their missions, right? In fact, most failed. Doesn't make a difference. The law of numbers say some will succeed, and it will move the world. So, this—I mean, this is why when you read these books and you think about, you think about what does that really mean? I mean, how how is there? Because you know. This is what spiritism does. When you're, when I was young, right, and and I went through this phase of, of thinking about heaven, and you, just, you always have this this fuzzy idea of heaven. Well, you know, what am I going to do there? And am I me in heaven? Well, spiritism says, oh, you are you. Unfortunately, sometimes you're the same as when you were on Earth and when you go over, as far as your personality and your character. But it also tells us everything how it works it, it starts making logical sense there are cities there are governments there's leadership there's everything on in heaven that there is here but much better and perfected so alan kardec let me get back to where he was in between the inferior and elevated levels are innumerable others talk about worlds from the pure spirits dematerialize and brilliant with glory 
it is impossible to recognize the primitive beings they once were, just as from the adult it is difficult to recognize the embryo. In worlds which have reached a superior level, the moral and material state is very different from much that exists on earth. As everywhere, the form is always human, but it is more beautiful, more perfected, and above all else purified. The body possesses nothing of the earthly materiality, and consequently is not subject to the same necessities, sickness, or deteriorations which the predominance of matter provokes. Due to the higher refinements, the senses are able to capture perceptions which the gross matter of this world obstructs. Now, let's talk about this for a second. We're not going to be in the same human form. We may be, you know, it, it, the spirits told us that different cultures, different races are wiped off and new ones spring up. We are a spirit. We go into what any vehicle is what's best for our learning. It's like you rent, you have a car. No, but actually all you do is you rent a car. You go to different places, you rent different cars. We rent different bodies. Another thing that was told after this book was, was written in the books by, uh, dictated by Henri Luis to uh, the great Brazilian medium, Chico Xavier, is that um, we become different. Henri Luis uh, said that, that the human brain has so much to it, we only use a little part of it, which even our own science knows. And that as we go into higher and higher worlds, we will, we will be able to communicate telepathically. We will be able, instead of walking like heavy beasts, right? We will be able to glide. Our, we will become less matter and more energy. Just like spirits are, when you become a spirit, become more energy, less matter. And then the spirits in the dark abyss, you know, are still less matter than us, but they're quite a lot. But then higher and higher you go in the spirit world, you that ratio keeps changing. You're more and more energy and less matter. That's why spirits are so higher. Spirits are so bright just because they are less matter, and the love that they have is reflected from them, and it reflects off their bodies and comes back at us. And that's why we see it's when we think there's angels. They're so bright. Actually, if you're at the same level, they would look just you know they would know each other and look just like each other. So we actually will be in different, not completely different bodies, but we will live longer, right? I've read where they live, you know, some worlds they live to a thousand years and you're about the same. Your childhood goes for about, oh, I can't remember now. It's like a year. Your childhood's very fast. You don't need all this, you know, <laughs> the bad teenage years. And then before you die, you you stay about the same, but then you then you know when you're going to die and then things fail and you're ready for it. You're you actually, you, you, you're ready for it and you want it. So, and then Alan Gardeck backs this up. He, this is, and he wrote this, you know, a hundred years before, uh, before Andre Luis, the specific lightness of body permits rapid and easy locomotion. Instead of dragging painfully over the ground, the body floats as it were, above the surface, or glides through the air with no effort apart from that of desire, just the, as the angels are depicted as doing. Now, again, in the, in the spirit world, when people travel, they do for volatation, because you, you think is action. But even when we're in, incarnate, we think and we can glide over when we come in higher and higher planets. So, this is why... Um, it's so important to understand and study spiritism and understand yourself, right? He also says this about advanced spirits. Very advanced spirits suffer only slight resistance to matter, thus allowing body development to be extremely rapid, making emphasis short and almost non-existent. With the absence of worry and anguish, life is proportionally longer than on earth. In principle, longevity is in proportion to the degree of advancement of each world. Death is no way conveys any horror of decomposition. Far from causing terror, it is considered a happy transformation because there is no doubt as to the future. During life, the soul, being no longer constricted by compact matter, 
expands itself and delights in the lucidity which places it in an almost constant state of emancipation and allows completely free thought transmission. In these blissful worlds, relationships between people and individuals are always friendly, never perturbed by ambition to enslave their neighbor or make war. There are no masters nor slaves, none privileged by birth, only moral intellectual superiority which establishes all conditions and which ultimately gives supremacy. Authority receives and deserves the respect of everyone as it is only given to those who merit it and it is therefore always exercised with justice. Man does not try to elevate himself above one another but only above himself by striving for perfection. So, what is he telling us? So, I, so again, when he's saying that you know there's you know, no hate and envy, and people have our our brothers and sisters. Think about again how spiritism tells us how this pertains to our current our current political situation on Earth, where everyone has okay. I know how to make the perfect society, and if we just make everyone work together, and if they don't work together, we're going to put them in concentration camps and torture them until they want to work together. It doesn't ever work. We cannot, we will not have a perfect society or a perfect government until each one of us become a better person. The spirits know this. Jesus knows this. Everyone who understands our human nature now, the founders of the United States knew this, why they had checks and balances. They know that we are all flawed individuals and to try to make a perfect society usually creates one section of that society, lording it over and being cruel to those who refuse to follow what they believe is their exalted nature, their exalted culture and morality. And anyone who doesn't follow that exalted culture and morality are the enemy and must be wiped out. You see this over and over again with the millions of people killed by communism in Russia, in the USSR, and in China, and Cuba. It's, this is why we just have to, in this world of atonement, we just have to do the best we can and try to love one another and put up with this. So, this is you know this is a plea to be good to everyone you can and understand. Some who feel that way, and some who don't, just let them. They will. Everyone will learn. Everyone will be. Everyone will have a lesson plan, and each and the lesson plan will make each person a better person eventually. It may fail over and over again, life after life. Spiritism tells us, you know, they call it parking. You go life after life as the same ignorant, I'm sure I've done this, ignorant, you know, soul that just wants, you know, luxury and desire and wealth any way they can get it. And I've been told I've done that. So this is why it, but over time, you, each one of us will get better. So let's go through what he says next. Let's talk about more what's what is awaiting us? This is what he talks about regenerating worlds because I want people to get excited about this because this will give you cause to know that no matter what you're going through in this life, if you if you really try to practice the good, your next life, you may be, you know, you may not have to come back to Earth. You may go right to a regenerative world, or you may come back to Earth and help it become a planet regeneration. So let's see what Ellen Kardec talks about regenerating worlds. In fact, a lot of it he, he writes are actually uh, writings he, he puts in his book from other spirits. And I haven't been naming each spirit who writes what because I didn't want to go into that. So, But I just say Alan Kardec. But know that is communications from, from spirits. Okay. Regenerating worlds. Among the many scintillating stars in the blue canopy of the sky, how many worlds there are like yours, destined by God to serve for atonement and probation? But although there are some that are more miserable, there are also others that are happier, like those of transition, which can be called worlds of regeneration. Each planetary vortex moving in space around a common center drags with it its own primitive worlds of exile, probation, regeneration, and happiness. We have spoken to you of worlds where newly born spirits are placed, 
when they are still ignorant of both good and evil, but where they have the possibility of traveling towards God, being in possession of themselves through free will. We have also revealed to you the fact that ample facilities are given to each soul to enable it to practice good, but alas, there are those who succumb. So, God, who does not desire their annihilation, permits them that they go to these worlds from where one incarnation to another they are purified and regenerated, returning worthy of the glory for which they were destined. Regenerating worlds serve as transition phases between those of probation and happiness. The penitent soul finds calm and rest on them and can continue the purifying process. Beyond doubt, man still finds himself subject to the laws that rule matter. Humanity still experiences your sensation and desires, but it is liberated from the ungoverned passions to which you are slaves. Freed from pride, which silences the heart, envy which tortures, and hate which suffocates. On all sides, the word love is written. Perfect equity resides over all social relationship. Everyone recognizes God and tries to travel in his direction by fulfilling his laws. However, perfect happiness still does not exist in these words, worlds. Sorry. Only the dawning of happiness. Their man is, is still of flesh and blood, and because of this, because of this, still su- subject to vicissitudes from which only the completely dematerialized beings are liberated. Man still has to suffer tests, although without the pungent anguishes of atonement. Compared to earth, these worlds are very pleasant, and many of you would be happy to inhabit them because they represent the calm after the storm, convalescence after cruel sickness. Nevertheless, being absorbed by material things, man perceives the future better comprehends the existence of other pleasures promised by God to those who show themselves worthy when death has once again released them from their bodies in order to bestow upon them the true life. Free, then, the soul hovers above all horizons, no longer the feelings of gross matter, only the sensation of pure and celestial perispirit absorbing emanations direct from God and the fragrance of love and charity coming straight from his breast. But alas, man is still fallible even in these worlds, and the spirit of evil has not completely lost his empire. Not to advance is to fall back, and as man is not firmly placed upon the pathway to righteousness, he may return again to a world of atonement, where new and more terrible tests await. So at night, at time, at the time of prayer and repose, contemplate the full canopy of the sky and the innumerable spheres which shine over your head, and ask yourself which one leads to God, and ask him for one of these regenerated worlds to open to receive you after your atonement here on earth. And that was written by St. Augustine um, as, you know, the spirit to a medium in Paris in 1862. So what are we being told? Well, we're being told that life awaits us. We are being told that if we do our part, we will have a wonderful next life. Better and better each succeeding life. The better we can, the, the better we mold and take out our primitive emotions, hate, envy, and put in replace those blemishes with advanced emotions, culture, you know, cultured emotions, love, fraternity, honesty, charity, we will be gifted with the right to be on a superior planet, a better planet, a planet where we don't have to worry about losing our job. We don't have to worry about armies coming in and killing us. Now, there still might be some things that are bad. There might some people try to get money from us or things like that, but there will be nothing compared to what we go through now. And in fact, those people who make those mistakes will be sent back to like the planet on Earth. I would surmise that many people you see now that you know are successful because they're very smart, but they've been successful through nefarious means. Probably are from planet regenerations who are who, who are probably intellectually more advanced than us, but not morally. But they're able to, you know, play with the levers and understand you know human nature and get what they want to. But they're probably not happy because they have to live on this planet. So have pity on them and know that they too will in. Well, you know, 
ascend someday. They will become better. So this is why, this is why spiritism tells you so many things. This is why understanding the spirit world just, it, it broadens your horizon. It broadens your understanding of the people around you, why some of your friends are flaky, why sometimes you are flaky, why I'm flaky, why the government you live in, ah, there's a lot of corruption. You know, it's not very good, but you know, this, hey, we are put in this planet on this time in the, in the economic class, in the nation, or wherever we're supposed to be for a purpose for us to learn the lessons that we most need, the lessons that are most valuable to us. So take that. Don't, don't whine about it. As, as Chico Xavier said, when he was asked, do you have a message for the people of Brazil? He goes, yeah, stop whining and stop complaining. Work hard. That's what we all have to do. Accept our circumstances. I mean, you can't strive to become better. You know, there's nothing wrong about getting wealth and helping yourself, but don't lose that spirituality. And one of the ways to do that is really understand the spirit world. That's why I recommend my book, Heaven and Below. Book one of spiritism it tells you all about heaven and below. It tells you where, you, you know, what is around us. And then, my second book, I think, is what would interest a lot of people is Spirits and the Spirit Universe. It tells you, what are you as a spirit? What are your attributes? What does it mean being a spirit? What does it mean being more energy and less matter? And what happens when you graduate from one level to another? How do you graduate from one level to another? How do you become educated? It tells you all those things. I have this. I have my first book, Kevin and Below, in Paperback, Kindle, and audio. It's now an audiobook. And my Spirit is Spirit Universe is paperback and Kindle. And I'm working on, on the audiobook. So I just want to everyone to know that I believe that these will help you. And that the more information that you are passionate about, the more that you want to understand why your life is like it is, why your place, why things happen to you, understand and study Spiritism. And you will benefit from all that. So I want to say to everyone, God bless and good night. And, uh, you know, please, I will put this uh, live streaming on YouTube and BitChute channels. Please share a comment. Go to YouTube, subscribe, share my videos to other people, and um, Email me. You can always go to my website, nwspiritism.com, into the contact section. I have a lot of people email me, ask me questions, and we go back and forth the email. Uh, there's many things. If you want to understand and learn about spiritism, don't hesitate to ask me. Anyway, God bless everyone, and good night.